There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan, and you're listening to the Buffy Back Issue Ben. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Ben, the show where we go through all the Buffy comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. Episode 10, double digits, baby. Wow. We do this for a long time now. A whole 10 episodes. It's not that long. Well, it feels like a while. It's a good chunk done for this show. Not in a bad way. We'll end up hitting episode somewhere between 50 and 60 while we kind of catch up to everything. Fancy. So we're a chunk of the way there. All right. Hey, you want to know why Fred's still alive? Sure. Yeah, we're not finding out this episode either. That's okay. (laughs) Still. Well, we need some other good stuff. That cliffhanger we've been left on. So for a quick recap, we are currently in the middle of Angel After the Fall, the comic book series that takes place post-Angel Season 5. We caught up with our characters three months after the show ended. Then we took a little bit of a... Detour? Back in time. Flashback? To the first night in hell. And this is a follow-up to that called Spike After the Fall First Night Season 6. We're not on the main story right now. So we're kind of following up with what we did last time with Spike and Illyria's story. So like all the Spike miniseries we've talked about so far, this one is written by Brian Lynch. And back on art is Franco Uru, who really wasn't involved in the last volume we talked about. But it's very cool. Um, The art looks great. There's a very cool cover to this particular volume that we have what's interesting about this is the hardcover um shows spike but really i think if memory serves i'm going back a ways this was the main cover for issue two i hope that somebody checks that i think i'm right somebody please fact check that and then text us no nope, not text us email us because i know what the b cover was the b cover was by franco uru and then i have the retail incentive cover for sale at my store oh, for fun. number two Fun facts. Where's your store? I never actually plug the store on this show, do I? I do that no, on the other show all the, the time. No, let's plug the store. Where's your store? Why, in downtown Hollowell, Maine. What's it called? They know what it's called. Editor's Note Comics. What's your web address? Editor'sNoteComics.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're doing the plugs early? We are, because why not? Early and often. Also Patreon. And Patreon exists. I didn't know that was a thing for the longest time. Well, now you do, because I make a small amount of money off of it. Yay for Patreon. So to place it, this follows up after Spike's story and Angel Season 6, After the Fall, First Night, The Spike Story. The longest title ever. This one's not quite as bad. It's just Spike After the Fall. Um, And we don't see Angel at all in this. Makes sense, because it's called Spike. We don't see Buffy. We don't see any of the main characters. That's not true. We see a ton of characters. Yeah, but not the main two characters <laughs> in the whole world. You could argue that Spike is the second biggest character. I'm not sure after who, but... Well, in any case. But the story opens up with Spike fighting demons, and very intentionally, the demons in this story versus the Angel main story were supposed to look like they were closer to the TV budget, like these were supposed to be guys in rubber suits. And you can see that. Everybody's about humanoid-sized and humanoid-shaped. Until the dragon shows up. Until there's a dragon, but the dragon's been already established, so whatever. You know what's funny, and I never mentioned this, and I I need to bring it up now, even though the dragon's not on panel or anything. So the dragon, we've seen the dragon on Buffy before. It wasn't just on Angel. Did we? Yep. The studio who did all the special effects for both shows, Zoic 
basically for the last scene in Angel, they just threw like all of the demon models that they had. They basically threw everything against the wall. Like if they had it on file, there was a demon running down the alley that they had used before, including the dragon. The dragon originated in the Buffy season five finale when Gloria is trying to open up or weaken all the dimensional barriers on all the universes around them. And a dragon pops out on the hundredth episode of Buffy. That's cool. I didn't notice that. You did at the time. I'm sure there was a big old dragon on screen. I probably did. It's been a little while. So yeah, so this is the same dragon that showed up in Buffy season five in the hundredth episode. And then it show up again until the finale of Angel. What a fun fact. I kept forgetting to bring that up. Well, there you go. And I remember there was um, years and years ago, like probably about God, 10 years now, there was a... That makes you sound super old. Whatever. There was a Q&A with Brian Lynch, and I was like, so like the guy who runs Zoic said that it was this. Like, is that accurate? And he kind of like read through it. He's like, yeah, I guess. Fine, it's that. I'm like, woo! <laughs> so you, confirmed. in fact, changed continuity, or changed canon, rather. I confirmed canon. You confirmed canon. Official canon. In person. On an online Q&A. Not in person. No. Oh, well. But we open up. Spike is fighting demons, not unlike Angel. And he's losing terribly. Not unlike Angel. Yeah. Because really, what do you need? A primordial god. Who is decked out with knives. So Illyria shows up. She's wearing two bandoliers full of weapons that she just likes to stab everybody with. And she kills everything. All of the demons. And then she wants to kill a fat baby. Yes, because he's crying, basically. And the, he will weaken the flock. She killed, like, the first demon. She said, like, she congratulated the other demon. She's like, your, your flock, flock is stronger now for losing the weakest link. Yeah, but then she killed the rest of the flock, so. The flock really fell apart quickly. Yeah, it wasn't great. So Spike says, don't kill the fat baby. And he turns around, and there is a horde of humans behind them. And he's like, who wants a fat baby? Kind of. Close enough. So Spike and Aaliyah have been saving all of these people, including someone named Jeremy, who Spike can't remember the name of. He calls him Jerry. I find that endearing. Just because you like Parkinson Rec. I do. But what's interesting about this character is um, both with characterization and mannerism, he's based off of John Krasinski from The Office. So this is essentially Jim. I'm not sure we're going to call him. We might call him Jim. We might call him Jerry. We might call him Jeremy. I'm definitely calling him Jerry. Kind of like Parts Rec Jerry, where his name constantly changes. <laughs> Jerry, Larry, Gary. But then they end up in an amusement park with Dickie Duck, who you might remember from Spike Shadow Puppets. Or if you didn't listen to that, you might not. Or if you didn't read it, you might not. But there's a big old duck puppet from Smile Time called Dickie Duck. Yep, it's kind of a fun little Easter egg. He does nothing. But then what's interesting here is Spike throws out a line that's a reference to a movie that is a reference to a comic. So when this was written, this would have been done around 2008. I'm not going to look up the exact date. Let's say 2008. I like it. Let's say July 22nd, 2008. Made that up entirely. I have no idea. Hmm, That's my grandmother's birthday. Specific. Maybe it was tucked away in my head. Maybe. So they end up at this amusement park and Spike yells, Tonight we dine like tourists. Which is a play on a line from 300 that was, Tonight we dine in hell. Except the movie 300 didn't come out until 2007, and this is taking place in 2004. So that means that Spike has read the 1998 graphic novel by Frank Miller. So there you go. Where the line wasn't that emphasized. I think 
Like I was it, gonna say it definitely came out like the summer right before I went to college because I just remember that being a big thing. Well, that line, if you read it in the book, is just like bolded at the very like the in hell. It's just like tonight we dine in hell. Compared to the movie, it was like tonight we dine in hell. Can so, you do that again for me? Nope. I it. I really want to hear it, it one it like more time. Three times now. Um, three is twice too many. Maybe three times too many. So yeah, even though it's a movie reference, I'm going to say timeline doesn't match up, so Spike was reading Frank Miller right before he went bat crazy. Sounds like a plan to me. I think that was the last good thing Miller did. And then straight crazy. Oh well. He had some good stuff. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Mm. Well, I don't know. Frank does. (laughs) Good for Frank. And we have our first big problem, because after Illyria decided to beat up all of those guys... They run back to the humans, and Illyria turns back into Fred. Bad. Which is problematic. Fred can't survive in hell. Tough as Fred is, Illyria is what you want by your side, not the... Not a human. No. And not a nice human at that. Yeah. So, they're running around, basically, and we find out that Spike has been leading this group of people, and they've been moving from place to place about every week, just so that they can kind of stay ahead of all the other demons that are around them. And they reveal that Spike is kind of a jackass to everyone. Because he's really trying to keep Illyria out as much as possible and keep Fred hidden. Away from all of the nice humans that Fred would want to protect. Right, because Fred will put herself in ridiculous situations that Fred cannot survive, whereas Illyria will try and kill all the humans if need be. So we learn a little bit more about Jeremy. Spike tries to like show him that he needs to step... So Spike hits him and he's like, okay... Now you hit me. Like, you need to step up. And Jeremy's like, all right, I'll do it. And then Spike's like, eh. And it just hits Jeremy again. <laughs> because I can. Pretty much. And we find out that Jeremy was on his way, slash Jerry. Jerry was on his way to go propose to his girlfriend that night because it was their anniversary. And if he'd only left a few hours sooner, he would have made it out of Los Angeles in time. And when we finally see what said girlfriend looks like, she definitely doesn't look exactly like Pam. She does. And... <laughs> She he looked... has a ring in his pocket. And Spike is such a sucker for this. I love having inner monologue with Spike. You get to see all of the posturing, but you also get to see like how much this stuff just tears him up inside. And even Jeremy's talking to him. He's like, every time that Illyria changes back to that girl, I just see how much your heart breaks. And it does. And it's sad. And it breaks Spike's heart to keep Illyria out because he loves Fred so much, but also... He doesn't know what's going on with Fred. Like, Fred Fred died. Yeah. And they chose to let her die to save millions. Right. And it just breaks his heart to see that all happen again every time in front of his eyes. And he's not sure which one is real, but he does know that Illyria can survive and Fred can't. So Spike basically decides that to keep all these people safe, he might be best off going back to Wolfram and Hart. Kind of the strongest hold in all of hell. And he meets the dragon. Yep, he's trying to light a cigarette, can't quite get it, and the dragon burns his whole cigarette off. The dragon burns a lot. The drag, Yeah, the dragon does burn a lot of things, but, you know, dragon. Yeah. And while Spike is going off to Wolfram Heart, we see that a bunch of demons are about to attack Jeremy, Fred, and the rest of the gang, who will remain nameless. We see a familiar group of women... Descend from the sky, Spike's... His harem? Cohorts? Can we call them his harem? We can. I think that's a better name for them. All his single ladies. All his (laughs) single ladies. Uh, uh, oh. 
uh, uh, oh. Did you ever learn that dance? I only know the hand part. I feel like you really should have learned that dance. I feel like I would pay money to see you I do was... that dance. I am not a lady. No, you are not. So endeth the first issue of Spike after the fall, after the first night, season six, but not season six for Spike. This is like... Season a million. For Spike, yeah. Um, I guess this would be season eight for Spike. Oh, there you go. So Spike is here flashing back to when Angel was saying, personally, I want to slay the dragon. And then he's like, yeah, he couldn't even do that, right? What a, what a son of a bitch. So he goes through all the ways that he might possibly kill said dragon. And knows that he is utterly going to lose <laughs> and is full of crap. And he's like, well, and my other option is to run away from the dragon. In grandstand. He's like, all right, dragon, I'll let you live, but I'm just going to go over here to my motorcycle and try and drive away all nifty. Odd adverb to use there. But the dragon follows him and indicates that he wants to fly Spike somewhere. So Spike's like, sounds like a plan to me. And then we reach my biggest issue with this miniseries. So the dragon flies Spike to go stop some kind of sacrifice or participate in some kind of sacrifice. I'm not sure. I didn't understand this part. It doesn't go anywhere, and it never comes up again. It was just this there's a, giant there's, flaming thing. Yeah, someone's on fire, someone is setting a fire, and they're talking about trying to get out of hell. It just says someone's trying to power up. That's literally what it says. Yeah, so Spike walks in, gets burned, and leaves. He's like, nap, not going to do that. And then whatever this thing is, never mentioned again. Right. In any way, shape, or form. Not in this book. It's such an odd little interlude. Not in the Angel books. Someone is just trying to power up and Spike said, nah, not dealing with it. All it really feels like is just an excuse to get Spike away from the other humans so that the girls can come in there. It feels like a plot point that was never picked up again that was (laughs) intended to. Yeah, who knows? It was dropped. I mean, because then IDW dropped the whole thing, so. They go for a while, but that is dropped like it's hot because it was on fire. Huh. So Spike makes his way back to where his people should be in an amusement park. Rides off on his motorcycle. And all he finds is a girl and no other humans there. Wearing a dicky duck shirt. And the girl is not one of his girls. Well, I don't know why you're trying to bury the lead here. We met this girl already. Her name is Spider because she turns into a human spider. Spider legs. Legs come out of her back. Eight of them. Like a spider. So I guess she has ten legs, so she's not a spider now, is she? I guess not. But we immediately cut away from that to go back to Spike's humans, but not his single ladies, even though his single ladies are there, but they're not his single ladies yet. Nope. Instead, we see this crazy girl that we find out is a pixie. Is that real? Yeah. I mean, close enough. Spike calls her that. I don't think it's really what her race is, but it doesn't really matter. She has these odd, like, horn spiky things on her arms. Yeah, she... she has protruding spikes running down her arm. Let's, just on the outside, let's say maybe 10 to 15 of them running down each arm. We find out that she's super strong, and then we'll find out more of her powers later. But her name is Non, like the Superman villain. Well, and she also, uh, we also find out very quickly that but she can lady. pull power from other people. And so she finds Fred, who is now Fred again, not Illyria. And she says, this one's crackling with power, but I can't pull any of it. Which will come back, funnily enough. Weird. It's almost like the story has structure. Weird. So then we see what is referred to. I think this is a new demon. I think it was called a Sadeki demon. Yeah. 
who has some level of her whole deal is she can influence others. And she can also do some light telepathy. Yeah. But she tells Nan that a vampire is coming and he's driving an 18 wheeler right at her. So Nan grabs Fred and shoves her in front of the vehicle. And Fred immediately turns into Illyria, which kind of ruins Nan's plan, but that's fine. It's kind of Spike and Illyria versus this whole army of women dressed in black suits. Oh, yeah, they're. They're in cat suits right now. They have not quite upgraded to their bikini outfits yet. Is that an upgrade? From black leather cat suit in hell to bikini, one of them feels like you'd be a lot more comfortable and the one that breathes more. I suppose. If you had to give me a choice, do you want to be in a scantily clad bikini or a hot leather cat suit while in hell, where things have to at least be humid? Huh. That's quite the choice that you've given me. I'd be in a thong. I know. I don't need the top. So much information. Fly free, baby! Let's move on. So, Spike and Illyria have it out with all of the single ladies and Non. Illyria destroys Non's face. But then Non grabs the nearest human, sucks the life out of him, and repairs herself immediately. Yeah, and can increase her strength based on the amount of life force she is sucking from others. And all these humans that Spike has been hoarding... Kind of convenient when that's your power set. Right. So Spike just basically delivered her a whole feast of humans. And supply of power. Because mm-hmm. she can only do this off of humans. So Nan, with her new powers, essentially wins the fight real, real quick and captures Spike and Illyria and the rest of the humans and chains up Spike in a basement and just to be a massive bitch, leaves him around the corpses of the human she has sucked the life force from. But they're not quite corpses yet. They can still utter his name, basically. They're like 95% dead. It's not great. And thus continues in chapter three, the torturing of Spike. These don't have names. It says chapter three. It doesn't say the torturing of Spike. but I called it that. That's a lovely title you've given it. So we have this fun little cutaway scene. To Bed, to, Bath, and Beyond. To Spike singing in Bed, Bath, and Beyond with a girl. What girl is that? It's Fred. Is that really Fred? Yes. All right. To Spike singing with Fred in Bed, Bath, and Beyond with a fish that looks surprisingly like George in his basket. Except George is a toy. Except George is a toy. And the Bed, Bath, and Beyond associate is Angel. surprisingly like Angel. But his name tag says, hello, my name is the reason we're stuck here. (laughs) Which is great. I like how Spike is petty even in his dreams. And he says, I'm just trying to distract myself from the intense torture. So we cut away from our happy Bed Bath & Beyond fantasy. What a weird fantasy. I know, and Fred's wearing like a 1950s dress with an apron. Spike? It's it's an odd moment for Spike. Spike was around in the 50s. He was, yes. I think he was in Italy. Was Bed Bath & Beyond around? I don't think so. I don't either. I don't think that plastic shopping carts were around either. I don't know what to say. All right, I guess we're moving on. We're moving on from this weird fantasy. And we get that Spike has been there for a little while and he's continuously tortured and all of Nan's girls will beat him up and they'll feed him rats. And he is burned with hot pokers. But then Spider, oh, Spider wants to torture Spike. Also known as Maria. I like calling her Spider better. That's fine. Spider Maria. Maria Spider. Not her name. 
one is a human name and one is a cooler demon name. Alrighty, so whatever we want to call her. So Spider is intent on torturing Spike. So Non leaves her alone with Spike. And all of a sudden she starts talking to him in a very different way. We find out that she's actually been secretly on Spike's side for the past month that they've been together. And she's just basically been banging Spike while he's been chained to a wall. Right. Really? Yes. They they say that there's been intercourse later. I know. I guess I just didn't really dwell on that fact. That's the awkward word they use. And Spike and... Um, Illyria used it. Fun fact. After the fall of Volume 1, Spike basically said since hooking up with the Spider and that gang that all of his sexual fantasies have been lived out. Well, good for him. I'm going to move on from the torture part. But either way, Spider has been seduced by Spike, basically because Spike saved her, and also he's hot. Yes. And also... Good good enough reason. And also, she says that he treated her the best out of anybody in recent memory. One of your recent memories in hell. Because he kidnapped her, but did not torture her, and brought her back home. Real low bar. Before Nan had left, Spike called her out and said, like, hey, who are you going on a date with, essentially? Like, you put on some crappy perfume, you've polished all of your arm protrusions, and you changed outfits. And And she's like, shut up, no, I'm not. Find out that instead... I don't like a boy. ...that she went to go meet some of the newly formed slayers from Buffy's world. And Spike goes, well, how strong could she possibly be? And then we cut to Nan, who is full of knives and axes and other pointy things and she has murdered three slayers apparently with no effort right and we find out that these are newly formed slayers but they are dead now well they were captured by gun because she's gonna go see gun right because gun is like the overlord of los angeles now we find out and he is definitely super sane and he's definitely in Super demand. Everybody wants to meet with Gun. Why not? He has a sweet blue or red sweatshirt, depending on what issue you're reading. Maybe he has started, two sweatshirts. Started blue, changed it to red, went back to blue afterwards. Maybe he has two sweatshirts. You have two sweatshirts. No, he's like Saruman in Lord of the Rings. He just has like the multicolor sweatshirt. Oh, okay. Sounds or like, like a plan. Jesus. Are you thinking of Joseph? Whatever. With the Technicolor dream coat. I was close. Really different people. We're going to move on from that fact. So we find out that Gunn with his bodyguard have gone to go meet with Nan and her Sadeki demon. Is that what we're calling them? Yep. And we've seen this bodyguard before. This is the bodyguard who in the last episode we were talking about was beating up Beta Georgia was left behind with him. So Gunn basically says, he's like, neat, you have a Sadeki demon. You know what would be better than that? Sweet telepathic fish. And she's like, I don't like fish. Not a helpful comment. No, she's just trying to impress Gunn. She's like, With our powers combined, we can take over hell. He's like, yeah, you know what? I've seen the future, and you're not a part of it, so go away, lady. And more importantly, he also thinks that, or says, rather, that Spike is not a part of it, but Illyria is. Basically, what he tells her is, I don't really care what you do to Spike. He's not part of this world, but Illyria, don't you dare try to touch her. Not that it matters anyway, because it's Illyria. Right, but don't forget that Fred and Gunn dated for a long time. Well, Gun's dead, and so is Fred. Yes, but pieces of them live on. So we just saw Nan kill three slayers effortlessly, and then she fights with Gun, who just obliterates her, which really ups the stakes for how powerful Gun is in this world. 
Yeah, because up till this point, not even Illyria could best her. Granted, Illyria was not really at her best, and there was a lot of humans around for Nan to feed off of, but... No, this is the... Really, I mean, we've known that Gunn is a threat. We know that he's going to be a major threat, but this is really the thing that kind of cements him as like, oh no, this guy's a badass. Yeah. So he stabs Nan and says, you know, you killed those slayers, so you better get out of here. You can't actually tap into anyone else's power. Mm-hmm. Run along home, little pixie. Yeah, so that's our first clue that Nan really needs that constant supply of humans or else she's basically powerless. But then something important happens. So these three slayers a couple of minutes ago were dead. And then all of a sudden they pop up, they're alive, and Gun wants to fight and kill them all just for the heck of it. Yeah. Comes back. I figured it would. Important plot point worth mm-hmm. mentioning here. So we cut back to Spike in his basement, and in fact, he is freed from his basement but dragged out to the killing circle, along with Illyria, because Nan has just had enough of them. She can't use them for their connection, so she's just going to kill him, basically. So she's going to start with Illyria. She's like, but Gun was your best friend. And everybody's like, Gun's dead. And Yeah, Gun doesn't care about us. Not really, that's not what they say, because they don't know Gun's alive, so... Nan decides she's going to decapitate Illyria in front of everyone. So she takes out a big old battle axe, swings it at her neck. The battle axe breaks, and Illyria goes, Enough. Keeping me in a small case for what seems to be an eternity. Poking. Prodding. Attempted decapitation. I can respect all of this, but you made me kneel before you. That is unacceptable. That is some good Illyria dialogue. And then she does some really terrible things. Well, she kicks a lot of ass. She just starts wailing on everyone. And Spike's in a line to be killed. He's like, all right, time to fight. He's like, okay, sounds good. Let's not all die. Except that Spike is really concerned that if Illyria sees him, that she's going to turn back into Fred, which would be disastrous. So he's trying to beat up everyone. And Illyria grabs him and says that awkward line of, you intercoursed with the lesser. Meaning spider. Weird. Awkward. I really like this little miniseries overall, except this moment, which makes no damn sense to me. She grabs Spike and kisses him. They make out. There's a sweet makeout scene. It's one panel. Spike is shirtless because... He's also bleeding. Angel book, so, you know, shirtless abs. And she says, I am your priority again. Now, I never read it. Spike's always liked powerful women. Yes, and Illyria definitely was his priority, but... More to keep her safe and to try and figure out what's going on with Fred and all of these things, but not in a romantic way. Well, they even tied it in, like, the cover of this issue is the two of them, like, kissing and walking. And I, it might just be me, but I just never read Illyria. One, even though she's in Fred's body, I always read the character kind of without gender. I don't Illyria know. Illyria wasn't a masculine character, wasn't a feminine character. It was a character she... inside of a female body, but... I always associated her with Wesley, if we're going to go romantic at all. That that wasn't a romantic connection. That was just Wes trying to hang on to the remains of Fred. Oh, it totally was. But it always felt like if it was going to go anywhere, it'd go that direction. Yeah, this one... Spike seems like a totally random out of left field thing. And about the only thing we get later on is like, that we saw it earlier. I don't think we mentioned the line, but Illyria's like, shut up, Spike. I've noticed you like trying to watch me while I bathe. Yeah, it just... Well, I, I'll i buy that, because... Oh, I'll buy that, too. Even, like, the the acting of the role, like, I never read it as 
Illyria and Fred are night and day. These are same body, totally different voices. I never read them as the same actress even doing it. They're different completely. Right. But but this just feels weird and off. And wrong. Just I there's certain characters out there who will absolutely use sexuality as a weapon. Illyria is not that character. I mean, for starters, Illyria's costume covers her head to toe, which is not generally the direction that most costume designers go if they want to make this into a sexualized character. Well, there was that one shot when she put on the leather cat suit where, like, she rips off all of Fred's clothes. Whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah, I get it. But either way, so, that was a weird thing. I just, I don't know. I don't like it. I like basically everything else in this book, but the whole makeout thing, I don't fully understand or care for. So cutting back to the main action, Non has grabbed Jeremy slash Jerry slash Jim. Slash John Krasinski. Slash John Krasinski from the sidelines. And we find out that he's the only human who's left because... In the direct vicinity that she can pull power from. She thought that he had a special connection to Spike or Spike had a special connection to him. And basically she wanted to be able to use him. So now she's going to use him. So she's about to kill Jeremy and she's stabbed in the back. By Connor. Not figuratively. Literally by Connor. Yeah, and Connor just rolls up. He's like, hey. In some cargo pants? Time to die. What? Those are practical pants if you're in hell. Are they? Also, if you're in 2004. Did you have cargo pants? A lot more recently than 2004. Did you really? The pockets are useful. For what? Stuff. All right. Do men have purses? If you're not Indiana in France, Jones. you do. There were a lot of them. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I'm sure they had them in Italy, too. I wish your scowl could show up on audio. <laughs> it cannot. So it brings us to the last chapter where Spike's like, hey, isn't that Angel's kid? Once again, how? Which they even bring up again. They're like, how does everybody know this? Spike met him once when Angel was training him very briefly. And then he met a puppet version of him making out with Cordelia. How does Spike know this? But then again, I guess Willow does show up in season seven and she's like, oh, you're Angel's son. How does every, how does Willow know? I guess they all just got a memo and didn't talk about it on the show. Like, you know, Angel has an adult child now. I guess so. We cut back. Spike is still fighting. Spider, it's very confusing whether she's on Spike's side or non side. She kind of flips back and forth. She's like, after this... Let's have sex. But first, you have to die. It's very confusing. And so Spike realizes all of a sudden that what you need to do is take out the Sadeki demon because she's the one who's controlling not only Nan, but all of the girls. All of the single ladies. You take out the Sadeki demon, you've taken out the entire army. Or you've at least given them free will. Which would be handy because they all want to murder Spike. Right, at this current moment. And Illyria, but no one can really kill Illyria. So Illyria goes to kill the Sadeki demon and immediately turns back into Fred. Because she looks into her eyes and she can't kill the girl. Winifred, what are you doing? That was an odd way of saying Winifred. I feel like sometimes we need to identify that Fred is a lady. Fred is a lady. Fred is a tiny, tiny lady. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Spike tries to desperately, desperately bring out Illyria again, try to convince her that she just needs to kill the Sadeki demon and everything will be fine. So the Sadeki demon tries... To gain control of Fred and freaks out. Mind control, mind you. Mind control. And she's like, I can't do it. There's nothing human in there. And she turns back into Illyria. Mm -hmm. And then Illyria rips her head from her body 
That'll do it. Effectively ending the army. And it turns out all of these girls who are demons and humans alike can actually fight. They're Well, some of them can, but for the most part, they're just now ladies in cat suits with no training. Right. And the Seneki demon giving them all of that. So Spike balls up a chain with his fist and decides it's time to go punching on a bunch. Yeah, so he decides to challenge... With so many abs. He decides to challenge Nan for her lordship of Beverly Hills. Did we mention we're in Beverly Hills? That's where I want to be. Sing a lot more now. My goal is to sing in every show now because you called me out on it. Okay. Well, there you go. That's quite the goal. That makes one of us. So what about this one? Beyonce and Weezer. Last time I had Johnny Cash. Yeah. All right, moving up. I forgot that was Weezer. I only think of Weezer from that Mary-Kate Nashley movie, Holiday in the Sun. Look, I've really peaked with Queen Bee. Huh. She's pregnant with twins. Isn't I'm, that fascinating? I'm super aware of that. That's the most liked photo on Instagram of all time. This is also coming out months after we're recording it. At this point, she's about to give birth. Maybe she has. She might. By the time this comes out, she's like right on the cusp. She's not that pregnant. By the time this comes out? I don't know. She would have been like, what, three months or so pregnant by the time she revealed it. She's showing a fair amount. Is it really just three months? Maybe more. So, okay, let's say four to five months. I mean, they're months. twins. I don't know. By the time we re- This episode's not coming out for like three-ish months. Wow. Somebody write in and tell us if she's actually given birth yet. It's like the giraffe watch that's happening right now. Did you see that? Let's talk about the book. Spike and Nod are fighting. There's a pregnant giraffe who's about to have a baby. That baby has definitely happened by now. Congratulations. To the giraffe mommy. Mazel tov. So... Spike and Nan are fighting. Spike gets the upper hand on her, and she starts to suck life out of Jeremy. Spike's like, Illyria, you've got to save Jeremy. You've got to throw him up in a tree way far away so he can't get in the way. And Illyria does what Illyria does. Illyria. She solved the problem in her own way. And instead of just getting Jeremy out of the way, she solves the problem ultimately and just kills him. She rips his heart out. Yeah, just punches him right through the chest. She's like, all right, can't draw his life force anymore because there isn't one. And I find that heartbreaking. So Spike just looks at her. He's like, what did you do? I solved the problem. Mm-hmm. And Spike is like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I've had enough. And he just chops off Nan's head. Which is a real way to solve that problem. And all of a sudden, Illyria starts to doubt herself. And she starts asking Spike, I, I was right to do it, right? I, I was supposed to do that. And she starts to turn into Fred again. So then things all kind of wrap up, and Spike's just like, I need to protect her. So we go, And this kind of brings us up to snuff. So he takes over Beverly Hills. He kills the vampire that was running it, burns everything down, and starts over. And goes to all the other lords. He's like, cool, leave us alone, or I'm going to sick Illyria on you. And they all took that to mean just leave us alone. And then we see that Spike is going to team up with Connor. We didn't even mention it. Connor got knocked out by Nan almost immediately. Yeah, Connor's not really in this because no one likes Connor. That's not true. I like Connor. Because I don't like Connor. I don't like Connor because you don't. Connor was in my life way before you. That's true and creepy. So anyway. I was all about that teenage boy long before you were in my life. All right. So... Connor and Spike are teaming up to save humans. Spike's like, I'll help you, but you need to take all of them. Because I can't have humans around Illyria. Because she'll turn back into Fred. 
And Connor kind of smiles. He's like, shut up. This isn't a moment. And it's pretty cute if one thought that was cute. And the two of them go off into the night to save everyone in a massive splash page. Spike leaps off a building. Connor shoots a grappling open. He's swinging. And they're the best of friends that ever were. All the bloody end. hail. The end. You like yours better? I do like mine better. Well, fine. Thus ends Spike after the fall. And also our divergence away from the main plot. Next episode, we will find out what happened to Fred. Yay! Will be nice. Yeah. Get back on track. Everybody wants to know what's really happening with the main story. And not just Connor and Spike's budding bromance. Right. Boo. I'm surprised you knew the word bromance. Have you heard my other show? Oh, that's right. Oh, you two are so adorable. I feed you, then I leave you two alone. But until next episode, if you want to find us, we're over at editorsnotecomics.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to get this show a week early, you can throw a buck away on our Patreon. It'll be up there. If you want to hear my other show, a weekly topical news show, well, it's over at all the same places. Sounds like a plan. Everything will also be up on YouTube. There's all the things. I think so. And I have a store. We mentioned the store. I never mentioned the store on this show. I should. We did mention the store. We're also going to be at various Comic-Cons, so pay attention. Speaking of spiders, that one's not an attractive lady. No. I'll wake up the dog. He'll eat him. Can you go stomp him? No, I was going to wake up the dog. Kirby, go get him. I'll throw things at him. Kirby. Well, that didn't work. We'll be back next week to return to hell and find out what happens next and after the fall. That dog is a terrible hunter. Bye.